and welcome to In The Rising Podcast. My name is Bettina Brown, and this is the platform I've chosen to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, and your goals. Walking away from the shame and the blame that so many of us carry for a variety of different reasons. And my show today is really focusing on health. My guest is Amanda Love, who is the author of The Fibro Fix, who herself has fibromyalgia and shares a little bit more about this diagnosis and what can be done about it because there's just this huge black box of question marks. And so I look forward to having you listen to today's show to learn more with Amanda Love. Well, thank you very much, Amanda, for um, being here on In the Rising podcast. I'm really thrilled that you're here because you have so much to offer people with fibromyalgia. You said you yourself suffered through fibromyalgia, but for a lot of people, they have heard of it, but they don't really know what it is. Can we start off at that point? Yeah. See, that's the thing. They're still trying to figure it out right now. Um, a lot of times people tell me like, oh, it's a neurological issue. And then some people are like, well, it's a like arthritis because everybody goes to the rheumatologist to get diagnosed with it usually, or your primary doctor. But there's recent research that's come out saying it's an autoimmune disease. My the whole thing about it is, okay, whatever it is, is there some way you could get better from it? Mm-hmm. Let's not focus what it is, but how we could get better from it. Do you feel that with your story, which I'd like you to share, that it took a while to get to some sort of, this is what we think it is? Uh, Yeah, my story's interesting because I started really sick. I was sick constantly, antibiotics all the time. I was born six weeks early, couldn't get off the couch. I was in so much pain. I was so fatigued. And I was only, I turned 20 years old at the time. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't do the things I wanted to do in life. And 10 months later, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the age of 20 years old. And so when you had this diagnosis, did you feel like you had any resources available to you? That is a very good question. Yeah. The, what I remember, cause this has almost been 11 years. The only thing I remember is the rheumatology people saying, well, you're going to have to go on the medication. You're going to have to do the physical therapy and I did the medication. I, mean, I just felt horrible on the medication. I only did it for a few days. I'm not going to do something for the next 60 years if it doesn't make me feel better. And they handed me a brochure explaining what fibromyalgia is. And then they said, okay, do physical therapy. I did weight training. I did swimming. And I think the big thing I tell people is, 10 months, like a year before I had completed a personal training program. So I wasn't ever overweight. And that's what I tell people. You don't have to have fibromyalgia and you're overweight. It's not like an overweight condition. Like I was healthy. I looked normal. Like that's the thing with fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And it just, you just go down this slippery slope of trying to find answers. And when you said, look normal. Do you feel that 
that people, friends or family, or sometimes even other providers have a hard time seeing that there's a struggle when you quote unquote, look normal? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that's the, why am I getting sick constantly? Why was I always dealing with congestion, sinus infection, sore throats, headaches, fatigue? Why was I dealing with all that? And I look normal and my blood test would come back and everything was in the ranges and everything just looked normal and they didn't have any answers. Yeah. Yeah. With that, you were in your early twenties when you were diagnosed. Did did this diagnosis shift like what you wanted to do when you grow up because <laughs> um, or, or did you did you do any shifting uh, while you were looking for your own answers um yeah so for me I was always into fitness at a very young age I was born in the 90s so Leslie Simpson like walking DVDs Pilates and when I went into high school it started the weight training, never been an athlete. So I don't like, I didn't have that experience or something, but for whatever reason, I just love fitness. Mm-hmm. And so I went into fitness, did that personal training program, six months, 500 hours, completed that. And right after that, that's when the fibromyalgia mm-hmm. started. It That's when I turned 20 and I was so sick and everything. I wanted to go right after that personal training program, I was like, I want to do nutrition. I knew nutrition played a huge part. I just couldn't do that for a a couple of years. So I don't think it really changed my direction, maybe a little bit. And you are now a registered holistic nutritionist. Can you explain what that is? So when someone says, okay, this is a nutritionist, this is a holistic nutritionist, that they're not just like, well, what does that really mean? I need to learn about how the body works, the body systems, the immune systems, the digestive systems. The sad thing is right now, it's like anybody could call themselves a health coach, a nutritionist. That's the thing in the U.S. If you're listening in the U.S., you really have to like look at people's education, but you also have to look at, did they go through that health issue too? Mm -hmm. Right. Nutrition is not a black and white subject. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem. I think we think, oh, I'm going to, one thing's going to fix me and I'll be all better. I'm like, no, it's holistic is mindset, your lifestyle changes, your environmental changes, like your supplements, what you're eating, what you're not eating. Like it's a whole approach. It's not just one thing. And and with that, you said lifestyle, because a lot of us, when we think about nutrition, it's like, <laughs> oh gosh, someone's going to sit there and figure out all. And, and not that that's not part of your program, right. but what I have calories and then I have to do macros. Like it goes back into these details where you feel that um, food may be restrictive, but when you're doing this lifestyle, what what it sounds like, you're looking at everything involved. It's not just what your meal plan will be or your meal prep. Right. I and I hate I, like I'm not big on like the whole calories thing or anything like that. What foods are nourishing to your body mm-hmm. and stuff? What 
can you do to get that energy back up or that sleep? And like you said, the lifestyle, how is your stress? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we look at our, we are go, go, go in this society, even though we're stuck at home, probably, but somehow people are still doing a lot Mm -hmm. more than they should be doing. It's hasn't slowed down. Nobody has slowed down. And like, what are your relationships? Like who, like, are your relationships like dragging you down? Maybe you need to set some boundaries with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and looking at everything because you can eat everything well, but if you're in a constant state of stress and have all these other hormones happening, it's a little, it doesn't always, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. No, and a lot of times we eat as we're Mm -hmm. like watching TV on the computer. We're not in that relaxed state of mind. We're not sitting down for the meal. And if you have kids, you might be eating, standing up, not you're not sitting down, you're you're feeding the kids as and you're eating. So Yeah. Yeah. It's all like a relaxed state and just taking that time for yourself. Yeah. So sitting, basically sitting at a table and enjoying the conversation that we actually eat differently when we're alone versus like amounts versus um, having a a meal with other people that, you know, single people eat differently than if they're in the relationship because these, we are affected by these circumstances and to, to be aware of that. What about you are also a writer and podcaster. Can you explore and expand on that a little bit for who's listening? Yeah. So I've written a magazine article. I've done that. And I do have a book. I've written a chapter for a book and it's a trauma book. I don't know exactly when that's going to come out. I'm hoping by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm constantly writing content and stuff, but with the podcast, it's called Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love, and I just created it because I was I wanted people to know you can get better with your health concerns, and I think that's what people need to know. It's more than fibromyalgia. I've had a lot of guests who are like trauma experts, mindset experts. I've had a friend who's a scientist. And then I've actually started a series where I have people tell their stories of hope. And that's the biggest thing. I share, I've shared my story, which is episode two and 31 on my podcast, my full story. But I've also like now got into this point where I'm like, I have other people in this world who have amazing stories. So I have these stories because I want people to realize you can whatever you're doing in life, you could rise above it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, you can. And you are, you know, currently working out of Austin, Texas is where your home base is. What do you, because my podcast is called In the Rising. Where do you see yourself still rising to? What's on the horizon for Amanda? (laughs) I've committed to a few things, two things I haven't talked about on podcasts yet is I really want to do speaking. So like speaking, local speaking, any type of speaking. I've done a lot of podcasts 
So speaking is like big thing. And then the second thing is media. So any type of media, TV, radio, that type of thing, because I want my message to be spread across the world that you can get better with your health. Mm. You can get better with your fibromyalgia. You're not stuck in that pain. You're not stuck in that fatigue. And I'm at this point in my life where I'm ready for the next challenge. I'm ready to push myself, even though it sort of scares me, but I'm ready to push myself to do these goals. Wow. Well, that is wonderful. So you have a lot to offer people with fibromyalgia. It's not a diagnosis that's just like, boom, life is over. Um, And that, that, you know, there's still a huge part of the medical community that feels this is really not an existent. Um, This is a fake diagnosis. Like there is hope, there is um, validation from other people and they can seek you out as a resource. And um, go ahead and share your website. I have it listed here, but go ahead and share how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So my website's amandaleaselove.com and my social media is amandaleaseloved. Everything is my name, Facebook, Instagram, and then the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. And that's on every platform. I hope that you gain some knowledge about fibromyalgia and how to seek out someone who can help you in a holistic manner, looking at your mind, your body, your soul, because really your mind, body, and soul is going through everything regardless of what the health condition is. And so thank you so much for spending time with me today because you know what? Time is something you don't get back. If you feel this podcast today is of value, go ahead and share it with someone. It does so much to put it in the hands and ears of those that it can create value and positive change. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.